Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ways to Live podcast. This is Vanessa, your host. If you're new, thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a really cool episode for you. So if you are new, this is exciting. I've got Preston Pugmire with me today. And I don't know, there's not many things that this guy can't do. He's a life (laughs) coach. (laughs) He's a life coach. He's a musician, a singer. He's a speaker. He's just an amazing educator and businessman and a father and husband. And this is really, really cool for me. I listened to his podcast way before I even had the idea of starting a podcast. And uh, he's just awesome. And so I'm excited for him to introduce himself. We'll talk a little bit about what he's done. And then uh, we're going to get into a really cool topic that I think will help a lot of people that are struggling right now especially maybe with the pandemic. So Preston, welcome to the podcast. Dude, that was so kind. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was sitting there listening to that and I was like, dude, this guy sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're you're making me sound good. I really appreciate it. It's a, it's an honor to be here, man. Yeah. And you're from my hometown in in just small Rexburg, Idaho. Yep. Born and raised in Rexburg. I've lived around, traveled around a lot, but, uh, spent the majority of my life here and all my family's here and that's where my heart is. That's so cool. It's, and I just, I love it, Preston, because I think you were one of the first people I noticed in Rexburg that were just these like just powerhouse entrepreneurs that were coming out of there. And you've helped a lot. Like you've coached a lot of these amazing entrepreneurs that are um, in based in Rexburg. So it's so cool. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on the podcast. Totally. Well, thank you very much, man. Yeah. And if, if you guys haven't listened to the episode of this podcast with she actually you, I'll talk to you instead yeah. of lifters. You interviewed my wife and I just I reached out to you because it was really really cool. I loved the interview. It it allowed it allowed me to genuinely like learn more about my wife just because of the type of questions you asked and it was really cool to hear how you approached her and how you viewed her and it, it's just you were so you you were honoring. You you honored her and who she is and how she shows up as a parent and just as a person. And it really put you on my radar because, because <laughs> of how you treated her. And so I, I want to thank you uh, in person yeah. for that. And if, so if anybody hasn't listened to the episode, go listen to the episode because it was phenomenal. Sure. It was so good. And it's actually one of the most listened to episodes that I have. Oh, really? Okay. Um, people loved it. Yeah. They loved it. So yeah, for sure. Go listen to that. Corinne is the absolute best. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to learn from you today. Do you want to kind of introduce yourself and talk about, you know, your life and how you got into life coaching? Yeah. So my name is Preston Pugmire, but really what I do is I, I show up. <laughs> this is my goal. I show up every day and I say, like, I'm a powerful, kind, joyful man of light and I embody inspiration and creativity uh, and through my life. I testify of living God so that all of his children feel self-worth. Like that's my goal, man. I just want to be okay. somebody that shows up with these characteristics, these qualities and these North star guidelines uh, so that I can know who I am. I can assist other people in seeing who, who they are. And, and so that everybody can really feel that self-worth. That's, that's the, the bottom line. I, I love creating I love creation and Mm -hmm. I love talking about worth and value and how those type of things like 
propel us forward and give us fulfillment and meaning. And I know I'm saying a lot of buzzwords right now, but like, I really mean it, man. No, yeah, for sure. So tell me a little bit more, like you started out as a musician and then what happened? Like, how'd you make the switch to life coaching? So I, yeah, I've been a musician my whole life and I was touring around the country several years ago uh, with my wife before we had kids. And I just, just absolutely loved it. We were gone from Idaho 10 months out of the year. Uh, I've, I've performed on or spoken on, you know, over 1300 stages in my life. And wow, it's been something that I just really, really love. And I got, um, I got to the point where I was like, why, why am I doing this? Because I had kind of achieved that level of success that I, that I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like I was just mm-hmm. making good money, traveling around, seeing a bunch of stuff, hanging out with Corinne and, it was it was really awesome, but I was, I, I kind of got this existential like why am I doing this? And I realized that it was about connection. I yeah. love the connection and the create the creation of like magical, memorable moments. And when you can create a moment and connect with people, I happen to be doing it through music. That's what I crave. And mm-hmm. then just through life circumstances, I mean stuff like. I kind of aged out of my <laughs> my uh, kind of market that I was doing, which was a university touring market. Yeah, and we had a child intentionally that we wanted to shift the amount of time that we were away from home. And um, my booking agency, like she, the the woman who was in charge of that, she closed down her agency so that she could focus on spending time with her children more. Oh, yeah. And all of these things happened in, in within a one year period. And it kind of just allowed me to pursue a different um, just occupation full time. And I was doing songwriting for a while. And then I was doing <laughs> decorative concrete for a while. And I was like, what do I want to do? And wow. I got back to like, what does it look like to connect with people? What does it look like to be in to, to be influential, not like an influencer, but it's like to be influential, to be somebody who has an impact in people's lives. What am I passionate about? What do I, what have I studied? What, do, what do people talk to me about? What do people ask me about? And I started getting more and more of a, like a call in my heart to uh, launch a podcast and start up a coaching business. Cause I just freaking love doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I did it. And then I launched a podcast and it debuted at num- it debuted, man, on day one at at number one in the world on iTunes in the uh, in the personal development category. So in that in that category, it was number one in the world in on launch day. I loved doing that and I created a, a coaching business where I coach entrepreneurs and like personal development for entrepreneurs because ultimately business is a spiritual endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much strategy and marketing and stuff that goes along with it and messaging and positioning. But if you don't have the mindset first, um, then all that stuff is not going to be sustainable. I feel like I'm just, I'm saying a lot of things right now, but bottom line is I created a really successful coaching business called Next Level Life. And that's what the name of the podcast is. And I I just help people take their life to the next level, live a fully rounded next level life in their purpose where they are making money, having magnetic, like connected relationships. So their life feels fulfilling and 
they spend less time, not no time, but less time in the, the valleys of life and in the dark nights of the soul <laughs> that, yeah. that uh, it's part of the process, man, but you just spend less time there. That's it. Yeah. And I love what you say about mindset and how I love that you said that business is a spiritual matter because you have to be so like, okay with yourself and, and just really sure of what you want to be able to put yourself out there. So it's, it's not just strategic and, and whatever. So. Well, that, that does play a role in it, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not, but it's not the first step. Uh, I had a a situation, situation. I had an experience where I was speaking at this event. There's a bunch of people there and they introduced me uh, in my bio and they mentioned this, my podcast. And they (laughs) said, and they, (laughs) afterwards, this guy came up to me and he said, man, you're from this small town that I'm from. And you launched a number one podcast and I've been wanting to launch a podcast too. Like, did, how did you do that? And in that moment, I was thinking like, I don't know if he's really asking me. Like, mm-hmm. it's it just, I kind of just the energy of how he said it and stuff. And so I wasn't a, I wasn't a jerk about it, but I just said, I just tested him. And I said, do, if I told you all the steps, like if I just laid it out for you right now, like boom, boom, boom. Do you really think that you could do that? Because he said, I'm interested. I want to do this. And I said, do you think that you could launch a successful podcast? And he just goes, oh, me? No, no, probably not. <laughs> and and so I said, I said, well, if you don't think that you can, then the steps don't matter. Yeah. And to his credit, he goes, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. And then he walked away. I mean, like, and so th- that moment was really like impactful for me because it solidified this idea of so many times we want the steps, we want the information. And uh, I heard a quote, I can't remember who said this, but like if information and steps was all that was necessary, then everybody would be a millionaire with six pack abs. And that's, this is not how it works. And so so we get to show up as the version of ourselves that believes we can accomplish the things and you have to show up. It's paradoxical, but you have to show up as that person before it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, that's so cool. And that's what this will tie into what I want to talk to you about today, I think. And it's what I I'm trying to do that, too, like with my podcast and other things in life. So do you want to just jump into it? Kind of Let's the do it. We're already okay. in it. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so I told Preston before I wanted to talk to him about like this. Um, I think a lot of us get stuck in an in-between period in our life, especially, you know, right now with the pandemic, people are waiting to launch a business or have excuses as to why they can't launch their business because of the different restrictions of the pandemic and maybe small businesses are struggling. Or, you know, I have friends who are trying to get pregnant. It's, it's really just takes a toll on their life. They feel like they can't progress because they're not, you know, at the stage they want to be or they want to find someone to marry or there's so many different. I mean, I I'm moving soon and it feels really weird where I'm at right now for a long time. It's probably felt like this for too long where I just feel like like I'm waiting to get into that house so that I can like progress more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And um 
Anyways, so that's what I want to talk to you about today is like, what do you do when you're in that, like what it feels like a waiting period? So I, I love this question because so many people, what I'm, what I'm hearing you ask is like, what do I do be, until something happens? Like mm-hmm. until I you know, get pregnant, have a baby, until I get this job, until I start this business, until I move into this house. What do I do until this? And I told you as we were kind of messaging back and forth before this interview that like this isn't going to be super like inspiring and you can go get it and everything mm-hmm. is awesome and just all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like what it's going to be is like a kind of a, a gut check and mm-hmm. I'm going to shift I'm going to, I'm going to kind of shift your, um, paradigm. Uh, and what I mean by that is I, I'm going to approach this whole thing from a completely different perspective. So when you say the, I, the, the question, what do I do when I'm in this waiting period is I'm going to challenge the premise of the, Mm -hmm. the fact that you're in a waiting period because that whole premise is based on the the idea that you are not in control. Mm. You're based on the idea that something external is dictating your um, life circumstance or your situation or your emotions or your identity. And so I'll give you an analogy and then I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll give you an analogy and then I'll tell you some specific steps. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because there we go. So imagine you're dating somebody. Like think back to when you were dating. Okay. And you walk into this party or this restaurant or the gym or just anyway, you walk into somewhere and you see this amazing, amazing guy in your situation, right? Mm-hmm. And whoever you're attracted to, if somebody who's listening to this, imagine you see this dream guy or dream girl and you know a little bit about them. You're like, oh my gosh, there's that person. They are gorgeous. They have their shiz together. Mm-hmm. They, you, you can tell that they have confidence and they have like a trajectory in their life and they're kind and they're like magnetic, just like these type of people that you just want to be around and you're drawn to emotionally, physically, mentally. And you just think about this person, think about their qualities, their characteristics and their, their behaviors their their mindsets and the way that they think right mm-hmm. you can i'm just trying to paint a really vivid picture of this person what are they wearing okay like what are they actually doing when you see them across the room how are they walking yeah now right now vanessa you have this in your in your mind right you can mm-hmm. like picture this mm-hmm. now imagine you walk up to that person and you say oh my gosh i would love to date you I really, really want to date you. Mm-hmm. But right now in my life, I I don't really have – I'm kind of drifting. Uh, I'm just kind of drifting, and I don't feel a lot of motivation. I want something to happen in my life, but I'm waiting for you to to date me. And and, and right now I don't feel that great about myself, but uh, – but I will after after we start dating. Um, right now, I don't really shower that often. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of rude to waiters and waitresses, and I I, I talk negatively. Uh, I interrupt people all the time, and I'm just not really <laughs> – I don't really believe in myself right now. But all those things are going to change after you start dating me. Mm-hmm. 
we're gonna like if yeah if we started if we started being together i would start showering i would start being kind to waiters and waitresses i would start like feeling good about myself i would start all these different types of things obviously you're never going to say that to human but imagine that if you did what would they respond how would they respond to you they'd just be like okay (laughs) like cool story bro like Mm -hmm. what are they going to be thinking in their mind you're weird i don't know (laughs) 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 yeah but they're probably going to be thinking is something along the lines of how about you do that stuff before you Mm -hmm. come and date me yeah i don't want to be responsible for all that stuff and i you are not the type of person that i am attracted to emotionally Mm -hmm. i'm not attracted to you emotionally i'm not attracted to you mentally i'm not attracted to you physically with that being your current sitch so what would happen if you did all of those things yeah Yeah. and then you went up to them and you were able to be that person such a huge paradigm shift (laughs) yeah so do you see what so what did you just take away from that story all right i'll tell i'll tell you because i feel um so right now we're in kind of like this in-between place where we're living. It's really small. And, and I like love having people over and hosting and stuff like that. But sometimes when people come over and I feel like it's crowded, I get like, I get stressed kind of, and I'm just waiting to get into this new place. Cause I know I'll be more comfortable like hosting. And right now I, I have stops. Like I don't, I don't, I just feel like, well, and I can't really because of COVID as much. I don't yeah. know. And so I'm like, yeah, I like, why did I stop? And like, why am I not looking for ways that I can now instead of just like sitting here? I don't know, almost feeling bad for myself that I can't. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. What what it seems like you're doing is, and we all do this, yo. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like call you out. Like what yeah. we do is we focus on the things we cannot control mm-hmm. and we wait until an external situation is ideal yeah, for us to feel a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, live a certain way. Yeah. And that is, that is called being a victim. Yeah. Like when I work with my clients um, in group coaching or in one-on-one, one of the first things we do is we talk about accountability versus victimhood and we establish a foundation for the duration of how we're going to work together and how we're going to move forward, a foundation of like being a conscious creator. I call it being a conscious creator versus being an unconscious reactor. Because in the, the waiting period of life, you are reacting. You're reacting to the external situation. You're reacting to the pandemic. You're reacting to your the size of your house. You're reacting to the economy. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't change course when things happen outside of your control because there are things outside of your control. Mm-hmm. But there are so many more things within your control than you are seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So many more. Mm-hmm. And so I have a six-step process. I call it the blueprint. Mm -hmm. Uh, The blueprint is, uh, it's basically an acronym. It allows you to, uh, I call it set the bar for success. So it's S-E-T-B-A-R, set the bar for success. And each one of these things stands for something. It's S-E-T-B-A-R, stands for state, emotions, thoughts, 
beliefs, actions, results. So it's something you can just relatively easily memorize. And so mm -hmm. when you think about, okay, what am I doing? I'm waiting right now. I am being acted upon. Uh, you go back to the analogy of like dating somebody. You, you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to date me for me to get my life together. Yeah. And, and, and the, the paradoxical thing is you getting your life together is going to be the thing that will want them or th that will get them at least <laughs> taking a look at you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't guarantee they're going to date you, but it, it, if you don't get yourself together, it guarantees they won't take a look at you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what are you going to do? So in, with business, with uh, your house, with your relationship, with all these things, if you're waiting for something external to happen, then what you are doing is you are putting yourself in a reactive state. We go back to the S, the S mm -hmm. part of the setting the bar for success in my blueprint. Yeah. So with your state, you're putting yourself in a reactive victimhood state. Mm -hmm. And think about this, Vanessa, if you, if you woke up and you said, I'm going to be super proactive today. I'm going to get up before, I mean, how old's your kid? He's one. One. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know exactly when he gets up, but like. Um, like 7.30. 7.30? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You freaking hit, you hit the lottery, dude. Um, I don't know. My kids get up at like 6, 6.30. So, uh -huh. um, yeah. So, if you are going to get up at 6 or 6.30, so you have an hour before he gets up, what mm -hmm. are you going to be doing? You're going to be intentional about your state. You're going to. Do some like even just five minutes of mindfulness and meditation. You're going to write out your intention for the day. You're going to say, what am I committed to focus on? What is my physiology going to be? What's my language going to be? And you're going to say, what can I do to put myself in an optimal state? It mm -hmm. doesn't mean that <laughs> it doesn't mean nothing's going to go wrong. It just means that you are intentionally putting yourself in a position where you can manage it because yeah. if you can manage your own state every single moment things will affect you less mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you have a your your cell phone if you don't charge it during the night have you ever forgotten to charge your phone during the night oh, and yeah. then you wake up and you're like at 15 20 percent mm -hmm. uh, at the start of the day yeah what are you doing all day long yeah, trying you're just trying to charge your phone. Trying to catch up. Trying to catch yeah. up. Be like, oh man, I got I got 10 minutes. I'm gonna do it here. And it goes up to 25%. And then you gotta run an errand and and then you put on a podcast or you watch a YouTube video or you just on a phone call or something like that. And then it goes down to 10%. You're like, oh shoot, I got it. And you're always a step behind so that you mm -hmm. don't get to zero. Mm -hmm. And then if you charge it during the night, you start the day with a hundred percent, then you can go long periods of time and things will happen. You can be away from a charger and it doesn't put you in this kind of anxiety ridden state about, is my phone going to die? Same yeah. thing is true with our emotional mental state. How mm -hmm. are you making sure that you're setting yourself up for success emotionally and mentally when you have kids, when you have errands, when you have bills, when you have disagreements, when you have in-laws, when you have all, like, how are you setting yourself up in a peak state at the beginning of the day? Because so many people they want to say, Preston, what do I do? What do I do to get this success? What do I mm -hmm. do to get this relationship? What do I do? And my first thing is, that's 
that's not where you start. Yeah. That is not where you start, man. There, there are specific steps. But if you go back to the blueprint, S-E-T-B-A-R, you got state, emotions, thoughts, beliefs, then actions. The mm -hmm. actions is the fifth part, not the first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so crazy. So, like, I guess, what do you say about motivation then as far as, um, you know, let's say I do it three days really good and then like the fourth day I'm like not feeling it or something. Is yeah. it just you just got to get to a place where consistency feels more normal or what are you referring to as far as like getting up every day? And I like working out in the morning before my baby wakes up, okay. but I'm not always it, it, it makes me feel better. And I like being ready for the day. Like I've brushed my hair, brushed my teeth, like yeah. put some makeup on before he wakes up. Even and I don't have to stress about when am I going to do that. And so, so like, but some days I'm like, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And then that day usually goes not as great. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would take a step back and let's say, why are you in that state? Because mm -hmm. I do have an answer to the question. I do have an answer like what to do. But again, mm -hmm. come back to why are you even in that state? What did you do the night before that made you feel like, that didn't set you up for success in the morning. Mm -hmm. Why are you in that state? And it doesn't make it bad or wrong, or it doesn't, you don't have to judge yourself about it. Just like, just look at it objectively and be like, oh, this is why. Like, mm -hmm. I got to bed late, or I didn't, I, I got into an argument with my spouse the night before, and I just kind of like was bitter, or uh, I don't know, or mm -hmm. I don't know. Who, who yeah. knows? Sometimes it'll just be a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling it today, but just ask mm -hmm. yourself, why am I in this state? And then this is where you get into, <laughs> uh, I love what Mel Robbins says. Mel Robbins talks about how motivation is a myth. Motivation is basically BS. If you wait until you're motivated to do things, you will do so few things. Mm. Oh, you'll do so few things. And so mm -hmm. this is where it gets into like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. Because if you say, what do I want in this moment? I mean, dude, a bag of Cheetos and a Netflix binge sounds amazing right now. But mm -hmm. if, if I, what do I really want? What's my higher value? What's my higher like purpose of fulfillment? Okay. Uh, I want to feel fit. I want to feel like accomplished. And I want to feel these different types of things. But... That means that I have to do something right now that I don't really want to do. And in your case, you're talking about going and working out. And so to that, I would say, okay, you can, you can not work out. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Or you could go work out and it doesn't have to be the best workout you've ever, ever had. It doesn't have to be something that you're effing stoked to go do, but <laughs> Does it align you with your higher purpose and your higher value? Are you giving your future self a gift mm -hmm. by doing this right now? Or are you kind of screwing over your future self and leaving them with a mess to clean up? Okay. So I have two more things that I'm like really wanting to ask yeah, about this. Let's do it. So um, I guess the first thing that ties along well with this is do you, what do you think about I don't know about you or if friends talk to you about this. I feel like there's this um, culture on online right now that's kind of like 
just letting yourself um, do whatever feels good. And it's kind of like, do you know what I mean? It's like you get almost complacent. You just kind of let yourself, I don't know. It's like there's not a ton of discipline in it, I guess. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar with this. It's like I guarantee that your feed and my feed are so different. very different yeah. um, because of the the way the algorithm works and stuff like that. But also I haven't been on Instagram in eight months. And so oh, wow. I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but I am open to having the conversation. So say a few more sentences yeah. about it and we can okay. talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. So there's there's this movement that's kind of like a self-love and you're enough. And I'm all about like self-love and you're enough. And it's kind of like you, it's kind of like just making yourself feel good and just acting as the days go and like letting yourself give yourself grace every day. If you know, you don't feel like doing something or if you, which it's true, but then I wonder also like, is there, a point where it becomes dangerous. I know, like, where's the line where you do need to push yourself? And does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. So short answer is yes, it can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Long, long term. Mm-hmm. It's not dangerous today. Mm-hmm. Just like, um, <laughs> like doing, okay, back to Cheetos. You eat a bag of Cheetos today. It's not gonna, it's not gonna really do anything to you. It just mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. But if you eat a bag of Cheetos every single day for the next year, mm-hmm. it's going to build up. Mm-hmm. And it's just you're not going to be the type of person that you want. That's an aggressive example. But like, let's go back to when you don't feel like doing something. This is what I do. I ask myself, why don't I feel like doing this? Because I feel like there's so much value in just asking one more question. And if you say – why don't I feel like doing this? I don't know. I just don't want to. That's a circular cop out. You you didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you say why don't I feel? Let's let's be something. Let's do something specific. Um, for me, uh, it's like okay, uh, launching a podcast, right? So mm-hmm. why don't I feel like launching a podcast? Well, it just doesn't align with me right now. Okay, mm-hmm. why not? Why? Mm-hmm. Just ask why. And then I'd be like, oh, because if I launch the podcast, then it will be judged. And that feels like exposing and vulnerable and, and unsafe because people might uh, not like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're on to something. Mm-hmm. Because if you're saying, oh, I just don't feel like I'm just going to go with the flow and just do everything that makes me feel good in this moment. Okay, then what you're doing is you're living a life of avoidance Mm -hmm. more often than not. So if you're avoiding feeling negative emotion or, or judgment, then you are living a life of, of fear. It's based in fear. And Mm -hmm. this is the whole thing. This is one of the things that I really, really wanted to talk to you about when you sent me these questions about waiting is why are you waiting? Mm Mm-hmm. If somebody is, and I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not talking about like somebody who's like waiting to get pregnant, like, because that's one of the things you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You can do so many things while you're on that journey. You just can. You can do so many things while you're on the journey of like I'm starting a business, I'm moving into a home, doing all these different types of things. 
you just ask yourself, am I moving toward growth or am I moving away from discomfort? Mm -hmm. Because if you're basing your decisions on moving away from discomfort, you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel good about yourself long-term. You're just not. And so when you say self-love and uh, I believe that self-love is holding yourself to a higher standard. I -hmm. love myself because you can, you can say, I love myself. Therefore I'm just going to chill out today and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Self-love does, it doesn't always mean spa trips and, and chocolates. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. not, in my opinion, self-love is holding yourself to a higher standard and saying, I love myself. Therefore I'm going to stretch today. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation so that I can develop myself and so that I can be able to expand my comfort zone so that I can be able to be a more fully alive, vibrant, developed person. Um, I'll read this quote that I got um, from one of my favorite people, Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Oh, she's awesome. She's so great. Mm -hmm. She said, don't let other people's approval be more important than your development. Mm, Wow. And so if you're saying I self-love, like what does self-love mean to you? Because this movement that you're talking about, there are days where, yeah, you just sit and do nothing and that's aligning for you. But if you do Mm -hmm. too many of those, you're not going to, you're not going to like yourself Mm -hmm. because we as humans are hardwired for some sort of growth. It doesn't mean business growth. It doesn't mean financial growth all the time. It doesn't mean fitness growth. It can, it totally can, Mm -hmm. but we are hardwired for growth. It's a human need. It is mm-hmm. a human need. And mm-hmm. if you're being stagnant because you're avoiding things based on fear, but doing it under the guise of self-love, it's not going to be sustainable. And I submit that that's actually an avoidance technique. Oh, my gosh. So many truth bombs dropped. Just there. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I need to go listen to it like five times. <laughs> so what I do with my clients is... Um, and yeah, I take them uh, through a process uh, within the blueprint. Um, we, we have another thing that we do called the rabbit hole of meaning, where we decide, like, we decipher what your meanings are that you've attached to different things about mm-hmm. about business, about your relationship, and then we unpack those meanings and then attach different meanings to them that are conscious and intentional, because the meanings that people attach to things are often unconscious and they are set up by their childhood self and then never unpacked and never looked at again. And so we go through this process where you identify what they are, create a new story, and then create a specific plan of attack for your goals um, that that feels compassionate. It feels, it feels compassionate. It feels in alignment. It doesn't feel super easy because it's not supposed to be super easy to the point where you never have any obstacles. Mm-hmm. That, that would be so boring. Oh my gosh, that would be so boring. Yeah. But like you, we set up these, these specific pathways for you so that you can feel like you have state management. You understand where to focus. You understand what to do with your physiology and your language. So you're managing your state. 
you create an intentional approach to your own emotions where you are in control of them and you allow yourself to feel them. Oh my gosh, that's a huge thing. And then you just take a look at your beliefs and you got to challenge your beliefs because if you don't challenge your beliefs, you're going to continue to get the same results that you have in your life. And challenging your beliefs is super, super uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it, because it, uh, it rocks your core identity of who you are and, and your reality of how you interact with the world. Yeah. Oh, and- man, you're doing such important work. That is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how you help people with that. <laughs> well, I just I do it inside of my, my coaching programs. I have a, a group coaching program called Next Level Creators and the, like Next Level Creators, NLC. And so inside the NLC, we take people through this in a group process or I work with people one-on-one um, if they really want to like friggin' step it up and like I call it collapsing the time where you take, mm-hmm. you get a year's worth of results in three months mm-hmm. and it's not for everybody. Not everybody's ready for something like that. That's why I have two entry points into coaching, like a, a more group coaching or a, like a more um, like, <laughs> Is it entry level? No, it's not passive, not passive, but it's not as customized. And I don't like hold your hand and walk you through everything because it's in a group setting. And Mm -hmm. some people straight up, they aren't ready for getting into one-on-one. And like the way that I got into this stuff is I joined a group coaching program. And then after a couple months, I was like, dude, loving this, ready for the next step. And Mm -hmm. and then I worked one-on-one with this guy's name's Tommy Baker. Friggin' love Tommy. But like- Mm -hmm. So I have these two entry-level points for, depending on where your commitment is, where your finances are, and like what your goals are. Because yeah. it's not like I'm not for everybody, and this specific program isn't for everybody. But I do personally believe that coaching is for everybody that wants to grow. I think so too. <laughs> I've never had it, but I'm like, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for people that um, are are dealing with something that they almost, they can't have. It's not like they're just even waiting for it. Like maybe they can't get pregnant. Maybe they can't, um, they can't do speaking tours and that's how they make money right now and stuff like that. Uh, what, what do you say? Like, how do you just, as far as adjusting? So I'll say two things about that with, uh, feeling some, somebody feeling like they can't have something. Um, I'm not going to speak to the getting pregnant aspect because, well, number one, I'm a dude, but also number two, well, that affects dudes too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I have not dealt with that in my life and in my family and with my, with me and and my wife, I've dealt with a lot of other things, but that one specifically, um, I I don't feel like I would have a, a lot of things to say that would somebody would find valuable about that. Gotcha. I'll say, man, I'm so sorry that you're going through that because the idea that you want a baby, but you're not able to have one, that would be super difficult to deal with, man. Mm-hmm. And I know how much I love my children. And, and I do feel like because it was easy for us to, to have them, it was something that I just, I don't really know a lot about. Just like, uh, like yeah. my, my parents, my parents got divorced. Right. And so some people have really great parents that have a really great relationship with each other. And like, they wouldn't know how to like, 
(laughs) share something with me about that. Mm -hmm. However, I will say this, whatever you are dealing with, I can speak to it in a general sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is where you, you manage your state. We go back to the blueprint. The S part of the blueprint is the most important part. It's the foundation. And within your state management, there are three, three components. There's focus, physiology, and language. I'll speak about focus because you're talking about your, uh, <laughs> there are people who want to do a speaking tour right now, right? But it's in during the pandemic and stuff like that. Yeah. Within your focus, um, there are three questions you can ask yourself. It's, am I focusing on what I have or what I lack right now? Mm-hmm. That's the first question. Am I focusing on what I have or what I lack? Second question is, Am I focusing on what I can control or what I cannot control? Mm-hmm. The third question is, am I focusing on the past, present, or the future? Because I'll tell you right now, if you find yourself in a negative emotion, fear, anxiety, frustration, blame, anger, resentment, if you find yourself in that, I can, I can just guarantee that you are focusing on what you lack. You are focusing on what you cannot control and you are mm-hmm. focusing on either the past or the future. Wow. Something that has yet to have happened or something that happened back in the day that you are living your life based on that. Mm-hmm. And I think the focus is the most important aspect of like our, our mindset because and, and dude, this is not about like going immediately to rainbows and unicorns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dude, don't, don't skip over processing your emotions and going straight to gratitude. That is positive psychology BS that is actually, I believe, a misinterpretation of the process. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to skip over the negative emotions to get to gratitude. The goal is to metabolize or feel accept and process and allow the negative emotions so that you can start to see the situation with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go through the valley of experiencing the pain of the emotion, then <laughs> you're just stuffing it and you're putting plastic, you're just plasticking over it with this facade of gratitude that looks good on an Instagram quote, but it's not real. And it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. So this is this is what I say. Um, where's your focus? Um, if you're saying I want to, I okay, we can even do this with pregnancy or or uh, the speaking engagements. Okay. Are mm-hmm. you focusing on what you have or what you lack? Yeah. Now this doesn't mean that you should just be happy with what you have and not not want any more. That is not what I am saying. There is a phrase that I learned from one of my mentors, Jess Lively. Mm-hmm. She'd say it all the time. Happy, thank you, more please. Happy is joy. Thank you is gratitude. And more please is eagerness. And if you have joy, gratitude, and eagerness in the same moment simultaneously, then you can <laughs> achieve this uh, stability and homeostasis and like this idea of I'm grateful and I want more. Me wanting more doesn't mean I'm not grateful with what I have. 
And me being grateful for with what I have doesn't mean that I don't want more. Those things are not exclusive, like desires mm -hmm. and emotions. You can have simultaneous, inclusive joy, eagerness, and gratitude. Happy, thank you, more, please. And so, but you can't get to the more please without the gratitude first. So mm -hmm. this is what you do. You feel the emotion that you're feeling. Anxiety, fear, frustration, uncertainty, whatever it is. You feel it. Allow yourself to feel it and process it without any judgment. So much compassion on that. Then you say, what would it feel like, man, for me to like, now that I felt that and it was, it was painful, where can I see something uh, that's, that I can be grateful for in this moment? How can I see gratitude in this? Then after you go to there, then you go, now that I've experienced that pain, put this gratitude on there. What would joy feel like to, to move forward with growth? And then you can have everything wrapped up in this moment where you're feeling the pain, you're feeling the negative emotion, you're feeling the peace that comes with allowing yourself to feel the emotion without judgment. You're feeling the joy that comes with progression and momentum, and you're feeling gratitude with everything that you do have and that you can control. And you're feeling excited and eager about having more and growing. Mm -hmm. And all of these things are not like separate events. They're simultaneous. And it's just not something that we're taught. So good. I feel like that is such a good base for so many people um, yeah. right now. So we say, so you ask, what can you control? Yeah, yeah, you can't control the what your state is saying as far as how many people can gather in a in a place right now. You yeah. can't control that. Okay, mm -hmm. you can't control uh, different how businesses are operating their things or something like that because of the pandemic, and you can't control this, 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 and this. That's fine. Okay, what can you control? Okay. Because there are so many things i'll tell i'll tell you this story dude uh so i served a mission for the lds church and this story takes place inside of something called the mtc which is the missionary training center uh, i know mm -hmm. you're familiar with it but maybe some of the listeners aren't but i mm -hmm. learned uh, i learned vietnamese in order to oh, go wow. uh, on the mission so i was i my calling was learn vietnamese and then go and serve the vietnamese people in their culture and and share share this message with them and i just cherish my time with the vietnamese people and i i learned a lot about my own views and the perspective of other religions and world cultures and stuff as a result of that and i i, I love my time there but this is what happened we were in this group of these young kids that were trying to learn viet and we had this experience where we went and did a role play and there was a, a native Vietnamese speaker that we were supposed to knock on their door as a training exercise to kind of figure out how to speak only Vietnamese. And this is after like two weeks, two weeks yeah. of learning language. We're trying to have this full conversation with these people. And so we trained for this. We practiced for this. We learned these specific sentences to say this vocabulary and this here and stuff like that. We had these tools at our disposal and then we went, <laughs> we went to go do this training exercise. And I was with um, my partner. We were together, we called them companions. And we went up and we knocked on the door in this 
office building that was this training thing. And I had my whole thing to say about like, he's going to open the door. He's going to invite us in. We're going to go in and we're going to sit down and I'm going to say this, 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 (laughs) (laughs) right? So I had this whole plan and he opened the door after we knocked. And because it was a role play, he acted like a person who had never seen us before, which Mm -hmm. is normal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. he answered the door and he said, and Muni, which means, what do you want? And my 19-year-old brain shut down because I had not prepared myself for the question, what do you want? I had only prepared myself for him opening the door and saying, come on in. Tell me everything you know. I would like to join your church. And it was this this thing that I, I feel so foolish about it now, but it's like a funny story. But I searched through my vocabulary and my syntax and my sentence structure and all the things. And I came up with, are you ready for this? I'm super embarrassed. Yeah. I came up with an excuse. Mm. I put together a sentence that in hindsight was very grammatically incorrect, but he said, what do you want? And I said, we haven't learned how to answer that question yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over at my my companion, my partner there, and he looked at me like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. You're embarrassing me. And he went through his vocabulary, which was the same as mine because we were in the same class. And he came up with, we are missionaries from the church and we are here to tell you about God. Mm-hmm. That's what, and we had the same, I had all those words. I knew all those words. Mm-hmm. Now this has nothing to do about religion. This is not what I am talking about in this moment. What I am talking about is look through the things that you have at your disposal mm-hmm. and put together a plan that gets you to the next step instead of putting together a plan that excuses you from getting to the next step. Yeah. Holy cow, that's such a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. I I think about that all the time. I was arguing for and in behalf of my limitations. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the door and I just said, hey, I'm not enough and I don't know how to figure things out and I don't deserve to even like accomplish this. And I that's what I was saying to him. Mm-hmm. So how often in your life are you like, oh, well, Look at my circumstances right now. And then you go through and you focus on what you cannot control, what you do, what you do not have, and what might happen in the future negatively or what did happen in the past negatively. And you create excuses for yourself. That's what you're doing when you're waiting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say about that is you're not guaranteed to have success when you think this way and act this way. Mm -hmm. You are not owed success. The universe or God or your community or your family or your industry does not owe you success. Mm -hmm. But if you argue for your limitations and be in unconscious reactor victimhood mode, you are guaranteeing failure. Yeah. Because nobody 
<laughs> I mean, it's like the Wayne Gretzky thing. You make you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't, you don't take. take. Yeah. Oh man, this is getting me like fired up. <laughs> good, good, so. good. good. Now, it's it's going to be difficult. It's supposed to be difficult. You're supposed to have obstacles. You're supposed to have resistance. Yeah, you, you have are. to. Like, I feel like you have to just really look at your vocabulary and change it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are certain words that I don't, I don't use unless I'm mm -hmm. using them as an example. Um, and it's like words like try words, mm -hmm. like can't. Yeah. Words like, or like, Oh, sorry. Oh, go. Yeah. Like people that label themselves. Like I am this way. Yeah. Instead of saying, I, I learned that you're supposed to say like, if you don't want to be that way, then just say, I used to be this way. <laughs> um, yeah. Or something like that. People like shoot themselves in the foot when they say, I am, I'm yeah. no funny eater. I am really slow. I am stupid. Or something I'm, like that. I'm disorganized. I'm just not good at that. I'm da -da -da, like, yeah, I, I'm not smart. I'm not good with numbers. I don't know how to make money. I mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. use different types of things. Yeah, this is so good, Preston. Oh, man. I just like, I feel like I'm processing it all so much. I don't even know what to say, but like, <laughs> I'm really, really grateful um, that you're willing to go there because it's not easy for people to say like you're being a victim, <laughs> you know, but it's true. Someone <laughs> needs to say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, one thing that people can count on from me is I'm not going to buy your BS. I'm not going to mm -hmm. buy your stories. Like, I mean, like if I'm going to meet you, if, if I run into you at the grocery store, I'm not going to like hold your feet to the fire and mm -hmm. hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not like that. Um, but if we're on this conversation or if you're in my coaching group and stuff, like I'm not going to buy any of your BS. And mm -hmm. there's a very, very interesting thing that happens when you know that somebody is going to like not buy your BS when they're not going to buy your excuses, when they're going to hold you to a standard of excellence. Mm -hmm. something happens. And so when you say, what do you do to make these things happen? I think start working with somebody, invest in yourself and start working with somebody that is going to be that for you. And if mm -hmm. the things that I am saying are resonating with you, then work with me. And if the things that I am saying are not really resonating with you, then go work with somebody else. Like I don't need anybody to work with me. I, I just, I, I really want somebody to, if they're interested in growth to, find somebody and get a a formal situation where you're held accountable and where you're learning things because think about olympic athletes dude olympic athletes are the best in the world at what they do mm -hmm. and they have coaches yeah that you don't see successful olympians who are self-taught that's not a thing man yeah. so stop trying to Stop trying to think that you know how to do everything just because you're alive. It doesn't mean that you're less than or that you're not enough because you don't know how to do something <laughs> because you can't see your own blind spots, man. That's why I work with coaches. That's why I work with therapists because I, I want to grow and I, I love like <laughs> I love leaning into discomfort. And so yeah. I, I'm not trying to do brain surgery on myself brain surgery seriously so some people that are worried about money i guess financial what do you say there like when they look at it and they're like literally i don't know if this is in the cards like if, what would i don't you say? know if what is in the cards 
oh, as far as like financially, like we probably have to go into debt or we'd have to do these different things to be able to afford it. Like, would you say hold off or to be able to afford coaching? Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> um, I would say that you are focusing on what you do not have. You're focusing on what you lack and you're focusing on what you cannot control because it might not be wise for you to invest, you know, seven to $10,000 to work with coach. Like that might not be your next step. So that's why, I mean, talking about me, my, my stuff, I started working with somebody in a group coaching program, which is a couple hundred bucks a month. And that's why I, I set up the NLC for somebody to be able to come in at an entry level thing and have access to the same like processes and systems and tips and stuff like that and mindsets that I do with my one-on-one -on -one clients, but it's just in a group setting. And so if somebody is not in a position to spend an extra two, $250 a month, I say, number one, you're selling yourself short. No matter where you're at, you can <laughs> go through a process of writing down 10 ways to come up with $250. Yeah. You can do that. Everybody mm -hmm. can do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can think of just so many of those things right now. And mm -hmm. go on YouTube. Say, how can I make an extra 200 bucks or something like that? There's so many different things. You have skills. You have extra things you can sell. You have things that you can do. You can, I don't know. There's just, we live in a world where, if you can't make an extra two, 250 bucks, like then you, you uh, I'll be really bold. If you can't find a way to make $200, you don't deserve success. Yeah. Straight up. Mm -hmm. so, um, so what I would do is make it a must, make it an absolute must where you are, you're not trying to jump over the Grand Canyon like to make 10 grand tomorrow. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you say, I can make $250, okay, what would that look like for me to be intentional about making that money in the next month? What would that look like? And then <laughs> you put the blueprint into action. You focus on your state every single day. You focus on what can I, what belief would I need to adopt? What emotion would I need to feel? And you become the type of person that that $250 is going to want to date right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Going back to the very mm -hmm. first analogy. And mm -hmm. then you just do it every single day. And then you don't get caught up in your own excuses because you're not guaranteed to have it, make it happen first try. Mm -hmm. that's, okay. that's what I would say to somebody who says, I can't afford coaching. It's, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. Okay, Preston, um, for anyone that wants to, you know, hear more from you or get involved with life coaching, um, where can they find you? So uh, just go to my website, which is PrestonPugmeyer.com, or you can uh, send me a message on Facebook. Uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me there is um, my website, which is PrestonPugmeyer.com slash NLC. If you're interested in joining the NLC, the, the monthly group coaching program, or you can just contact me through my website or through Facebook. Everything is Preston Pugmeyer. And then I also have a, a podcast called Next Level Life. So my website and my podcast, go listen to Next Level Life. It's a great show. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Well, thank you, Preston, for being on the show. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. I know that you enjoyed it. Um, go have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. See you.